Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. It's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation. You can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. We're going to be talking John Calipari's lifetime contract and a grad transfer on campus. And we'll probably touch on all the, I don't know, hubbub. Is that a good word for it? That's been going on after every season about is one and done. Does it work? Question mark. Let's talk about it next with Mike Greenberg and Stephen <laughs> A. Screaming A. Smith. Uh, but let's start out with that that contract, Kyle. Uh, Kentucky put out the statement that they had come to terms on a long-term contract. It was reported by your colleague at The Athletic, Seth Davis, that it was a lifetime contract that would is scheduled to end his coaching career in 10 years, and then he would become an ambassador afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We don't have a lot of details yet. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a big raise. It just adds 10 more years to the deal and then guarantees that they will pay him in some fashion basically for the rest of his life as an ambassador. Um, I think this was all about, um, for Calipari, not about money. It was all about legacy, about appreciation, wanting to know without a shadow of a doubt that this place appreciates what's happened here in the last decade. And it's tied to what you said, you know, the, the hubbub about after the season, is this a success? Does, you know, uh, I think he understands that what he's done here has been really hard and not many people could do. And I'm probably a little tired of the complaining <laughs> and wants to have wants to feel like, yeah, um, you are appreciated enough that we don't want you to ever leave. And uh, that's pretty, I think it's hard to communicate that any more clearly than in a lifetime contract. So um, some people will make jokes about it. I think it's a smart thing to do because who's going to replace this guy? I guarantee you whoever it is is probably going to be the guy before the next guy that's good. Like yeah. I think the guy that replaces John Calipari will be short-lived. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, because it's like people are going to go, man, these players aren't as good. Man, we only have like a legitimate reason to believe we're contending for a title like every five years. What happened to every year? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, but I thought... The Elite Eight wasn't good enough. What happens when you lose in the second round in the Sweet 16 two or three or four years in a row? Like every normal coach in America. Yeah. Like Tom Izzo. We need Tom Izzo. Okay. He hadn't won a title since 2000. 18 years. He's lost in the first weekend how many times? He lost as a two to a 15. Has Kentucky ever flamed out like that under Calipari? No. Have they ever lost to anybody they just had absolutely no business losing to? I mean, last year, losing to Kansas State was disappointing. That was a really good team. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't ever lost to anybody that you just go, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, Kansas Al- Auburn on Auburn this past weekend is the hottest team in the country right now. You can say that they shouldn't have lost those games, and I think. Well, that, sure, they but, were favored. That but, does. I'm not talking about games. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah, I, everybody. I, I, loses. I was agreeing with you on that. Yeah. But Kansas State, and uh, I made this point the other night on on radio. 
with Auburn, they're kind of what Kentucky had been in previous years where they were ranked highly in the preseason, had downturned, and then at the end of the year got it all the way cranked up. Uh, and I, I think that that's kind of – they Auburn is who we thought they were yes. at the start of the yes. season, and their seed was just lower because they had some struggles during the they're, year. They're coached by an excellent coach, one of the best in the game. They are the team that was the co-SEC co-champions last year, basically with all the key parts back, and then adding back a couple that that were out suspended last season. Purifoy and Wiley. And they were a team that early in the year, everybody's going, oh my gosh, they're awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they played full-strength Duke better than anybody but Gonzaga that actually beat them. Yes. I mean, going into until ACC season... They were this. They had played Duke better than all but one team, mm-hmm. and then you know, yeah, that uh, it's not some crazy upset. No, no, no. Auburn, I, you know, I completely I, I, we, agree. We're on the same page. Yeah. I guess I'm talking to the to the portion of the audience that has this, and, and I'm not saying also that you can't criticize. Yes, I'm not saying that you can't go. I wish that he'd done this better. I wish he'd taken this time out. I wish he'd, uh, whatever, called right. this play, you know. They had told Kelton Johnson more clearly what to do at the end of the game, or play you know, Nick Richards like seven minutes, yeah, or let, EJ, and or let, EJ, and let Reed Travis have some yeah. kind of break. Yeah, rested, rested Reed Travis so he was available when the game was on the line at the end with some level of energy. Um, you know, you can criticize, but I think when you you have to also step back when the way that the, that college basketball decides its champion is in a one off tournament. That is not the format for the best team to win. Because if you played, let's say even five game series, if you took if you if you said at the end of the year we're taking the two best teams from every major conference, and you know two at larges from the little guys, mm-hmm. and we're going to play a bunch of three and five game series, Kentucky would have won the national title in twenty ten, in twenty twelve, in twenty fifteen, and. You know, maybe 2017. Like, I'm not convinced that by the end of the year, the Fox and Bam team wasn't the best team in the country. And they lost on a last-second shot by Luke May. Yep. They'd have at least three titles. I mean, if you were playing series that would really determine the best team, Cal's had the best team before. But this is this tournament is not designed for the best team to win. Duke's the best team in America. I mean, they are. And if And, and if they played that game the other night... And what happened happened. I guarantee you, over the course of the series, Mike Shashevsky would go, "Hey, can't, uh, RJ, get the hell out of the way and give the ball <laughs> to Zion," and then they'd win the next three. Yeah, I, it's so in that era. What to me? What's the best? What do you? What can you realistically hope for as a blue blood? You want to be a national title contender as many years as you can, and nobody's been a real national title contender more in the last decade. Not even close. Than Cal, I believe no one else has been to more than four elite eights in the last ten years. They've been to seven. He is the there's a, I guess a picture that I think's from ESPN that's been floating around, and it just has some of Calipari's stats. It's since he took over at Kentucky, he's number one in Division One Division One wins. He has three hundred and five. Number one in NCAA tournament wins with thirty one, and number one in Final Four appearances with four. That's from two thousand nine to two thousand ten. I mean, I think people would and trade... Elite, and Elite Eights, is that on there? No, that's not on there. I mean, so... 
You're you you seventy percent of the time you're one of the last eight teams standing. I think people would say, and I think this is if you're a fan, this is fair considering you always want the championships. I would trade two elite eights for one more championship or something like that. You know, I, but that's not how that works. So you can't necessarily do that. And I don't know. It, we were talking, and I we didn't look it up. Maybe we can get it for the next podcast. But his record in the elite eight is not not best. <laughs> It's 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 been his worst round, but it's still been okay. <laughs> it's everybody's worst round. Yeah, I mean, like who's got an awesome elite eight record? I'm sure there's somebody. I mean, I bet there's not. I mean, I bet there's not outside of John Wooden. Well, like unless like some guy that's got two final fours has gone, you know, been only been to two elite eights. Is, is Chris Beard undefeated in Elite Eight games? Yeah, I mean anybody that's been in a number of them, I bet. I bet their record's not great. It's not much above five hundred because it's that'd be pretty hard to do. Yeah, it would be. I uh, mean, Cal, Cal's record in Elite Eights is four and three. I, <laughs> I mean, he's above five hundred in the Elite Eight, and he's literally one shot away in two of them from going to two more Final Fours. And here's the thing, too. I was saying this on. The Valvano show uh, did, just did radio as I was driving over here. Like over the course of this year, and and this is what I mean by like in the mix. What what Cal, what has Cal given this fan base? If they, even the the ones that are disappointed that he hasn't given them more titles. From from the December twenty second win over Carolina on, did you as a fan get to spend almost the entire rest of the season? So the end of December, all of January, February. And all of March, believing that you your team could win the national title. Yes. Did you get to see them beat North Carolina soundly, which turned out to be an incredible team, a one seed? Did you get to see them handle your rival Louisville on the road? Did you get to see them beat Kansas and Rupp Arena? Did you get to see them win a thriller on the road at Auburn, demolish Auburn at Rupp Arena, blow out Tennessee at Rupp Arena? Did you get to see two thrilling NCAA tournament games in the second round and the Sweet 16 where young guys made huge plays, where Tyler Hero improbably becomes a defensive stopper against the all-time NCAA three-point leader, Fletcher McGee, and then flip the switch and hit the, the big shot of the game? Did you get to watch P.J. Washington emerge over the course of the year as one of the best players in America as a guy you've you've said, many of you have said, this is the guy we want, a guy who will come back, who won't just take any dollars the NBA will throw at him, but come back for more, come back to improve himself, come back to win more. Guy who had a disappointing Sweet 16, come back and want to go further. Did you get to see him become one of the best players in the country over the course of the year and then take a hard cast off his foot and three days later play 27 minutes and have the play of the game? defensive play of the game to send you to the Elite Eight and then put the team on his back when nobody else could make a play and go for 20 and eight, 28 and 13 in a game to get to the Final Four and come one missed shot away from getting you there. Did, did you get to see all those things? Did you get to spend four months believing your team was a national title contender and believing it until the very last play of the season that ended in the Elite Eight those are all yeses, and those are all things that if you if you said that to any fan of any school, just about, that's a dream season. Like it's a a season full of cool memories, full of 
the chance to believe. And there's like, that is not a small thing that like almost every year for a long stretch of time, if not all season, all of the postseason, this fan base has had a chance in probably seven of the 10 years to believe they could win the national title. And there's nobody else anywhere, not Duke, not anywhere, because Duke has had more flameouts than Kentucky. That's, we're going to I mean, talk about that next, because that's been the talking point, and it's been, I don't know, just a little annoying to me. Some people have basically lumped in K and Cal and said, up, oh, see, one and done, failure. Others have said, uh, I don't know, they, they've tried to make comparisons. I think some people have swung it too far the other way, that like, if anybody is critical of, as, Ka- as Kyle crumples up his sandwich wrapper... Sorry, I that, thought I did that away from that the was mic. that was great that was great audio right there. Um, some people, if like anytime anyone criticized Cal, it's like when Coach K did this. <laughs> like I feel like it's it's just been a a weird online thing, and we'll get to that in a minute. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Skyline Chili. They're located in Lexington, right off Richmond Road, across from the Krispy Kremes. Kyle and I recorded our one hundredth anniversary episode. There, it was delicious. Uh, the chili, the cheese, the conies, three ways. They got all kinds of other stuff, too. Go check them out. Uh, my normal order is a two cheese conies. Well, actually, it's normally three cheese conies. Sometimes I mix in a, a three-way as well. It's always delicious. The cheese is the best. Kyle can attest to that. Mmm, cheese. So go check out uh, the Skyline in Lexington off of Richmond Road. Or if you're up in northern Kentucky or Cincinnati or somewhere up there, go check out your local Skyline Chili. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Is Coach K the biggest failure in the history of basketball? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, like that that topic, too, is a little silly. Um I, he does have a lot to answer for. He had the best. I mean, he had like a transcendent play. It, him losing with this group would have been Cal losing with 2012 Kentucky. Well, it, because because if because if it was Cal losing with 2015 Kentucky. No, I was going to say Cousins. What's that? 2009. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the third tier of that team in Eric Bledsoe probably wasn't as good as Cam Reddish. Even though Bledsoe was pretty phenomenal yeah. by the end of the year, um, when you look at it projecting forward, I don't think they were. There. Yeah, I, but I mean, I, like to me, it's comparable to twenty twelve. Like if they had not won the title with with That's Anthony fair. Davis, because you have like the transcendent mm-hmm. player, like the like everybody's freshman national player, you know everything. Um, and it, the big criticism is. The last three possessions of the game, Zion didn't touch the ball. And that's a simple enough coaching point to say, dude, if you don't, I'm going to kill you if you don't give him the ball. You just can't let, you can't let RJ Bear. And I could, I would have predicted that if that, I would have told you that. I may have said it out loud because I certainly thought it. And I talked about it before he even played a game at Duke that RJ Barrett was going to shoot them out of a title. Um, if they if they lost, it was going to be because R.J. Barrett shot him out of it because he's hero ball. He wants to be the hero. Uh, and that's great that you, you want guys that want that shot. But, I mean, go look at the shots over the course of the year. He's not their best player. Zion is. And Zion took a lot fewer shots than him. Yep. And down the stretch in games they lost, I mean, he took – it was him trying to take over. Uh, and so 
Kay has to kind of answer for that. And I feel like that's one area where you point to Cal and go, Cal's better at that. Getting guys to, sh- I mean, the whole thing about like, you know, Cal's best teams was like, you know, the fourth and fifth, fifth most shot. Everybody shared the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, in Anthony Davis's case, he couldn't make a shot in their national championship game. And he said, you guys shoot all the balls. I'm going to block all the shots uh, and grab all the rebounds. But, you know, so there's a fair criticism of, uh, there's a very fair criticism of, Losing the way they did with that team and that player, mm-hmm. but I would say again, same same deal. Like it's a one off tournament. You know they are always interesting and exciting. Like Kentucky and and Duke, because they're getting these players, they're always capable of beating anyone. Because they're freshmen, they're often capable of losing games they shouldn't. But they're always the talk of college basketball. They're they like. It, they're one A and one B with each other. The coaches, the programs, the players they get, and that's you want to be the it school. And they, 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 those two have kept their programs in the and and Cal or K adjusted according to Cal. You know, K is not as comfortable coaching this way. These kind of guys, but he, you know, he couldn't stand by. Yeah, because if Cal kept getting these guys, like Cal, I would, I would say if Cal, if. If Shashevsky hadn't decided I'm taking all these dudes, and Cal was still getting the very, very best of the best freshmen, I bet he would have at least one more title. Yeah, I mean, put one of these superstars that he's missed on and that have gone to Duke and not won anything on teams that came this close anyway for Kentucky. You know, give give them one of those dudes in 2017. Who's beating that Kentucky team? Probably nobody. I mean, so. Anyway, I, I I'm kind of rambling here, but I, I it's a little silly either way. Like I mentioned right after the game, and it like blew up. I guess people just love love to hate Duke. I yes. tweeted about essentially if you're going to crush Calipari, crush K. Well, and, and like eight thousand people interacted with that tweet. Congratulations. But, <laughs> I mean, I've never. I don't think I've ever tweeted anything close. I don't know if I've ever had anything one thousand people interacted with. That tells me people really love to hate Duke. And probably also Kentucky, but 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 really, what I really believe is not you should cu- crush K and Cal. It's that you should crush neither of them. Yeah, you should thoughtfully critique them. But like the idea that like blow it up one one the idea that they're failures is absurd. Two the idea that you should blow it up because what is the other like? Tell me the other formula that's won more consistently. Like Cal and K, that list we talked about earlier of Cal. In the last decade, like it's probably one, two wins, tournament wins, final fours, titles. They're one A and one B all the way down. So tell me the other formula. This uh, get lesser players that coach them up till they're juniors and seniors. Okay. Again, let me point you to Tom Izzo and tell me how much better he's been over the last decade than those two coaches. He has not been. That's the thing overall. When people try to make these grandioso points, specifically in college basketball, it's just silly because there's no perfect way to do it. Every team is going to have flaws. Uh, You know, you and I were talking. uh, Everybody uh, loves the way Bayline does it at Michigan. That's the right way. A name brand program with Jordan Brand behind him. How many titles does he have? None. Uh, I mean, did he get out of the Sweet 16 this year? No. That's weird. I mean, <laughs> juniors and seniors does it the right way. He took one of Cal's casts off, and uh, you know, 
There's, I don't know. There's multiple ways to do it, but there's no perfect way, and that's why when someone comes out with a nice think piece about how this is a, this is, no, you shouldn't do it this way, they're wrong. They're just, I mean, you can make this. I would do. You can say something to the effect of, "If I was a college coach, here I'll, I would set up my program." That's fine and dandy, but you're still depending on decisions of 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds to either come to your school or stay at your school, and that's almost impossible to predict, as we know very much around here. Uh, Guys don't come. I mean, we talked about— It also ignores the fact that Cal did exactly what they're saying this year, and it didn't work any better. Yeah, I know. He had had three McDonald's All-American sophomores come back. And he and he added a a, a star graduate transfer senior. Yeah. That's as much experience as he's ever going to have, I'm and it go- didn't work. Well, uh, there's a and then we'll dive into this later. There's a chance next year could be even right. a little bit. But I, I'll, I'm we're not going to touch this. But I just uh, this is just too I don't know funny or ridiculous. But I did see it thrown out that uh, someone said, and it's the internet, so every, someone's going to say something that. Probably doesn't Spit make it sense. out, Curtis. What is it? I'm b- building. <laughs> said that was someone said that was a game Quad A Green would have been really good in. Oh, give me. A break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about. Uh, we mentioned experience. Can't guard a fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why he's going to be playing in a at a team that plays zone next zone. <laughs> um, so coming up next, we're going to talk about potentially some more experience on a next year's team and some awards for PJ Washington. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. I can't get over. <laughs> well, you know, you know who could have stopped those really quick guards at Quad A Green, who couldn't defend a cardboard cutout glued to the floor. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right. What we are going to talk about in this segment, Kyle, is Nate Sestina. I should figure out how to pronounce that name properly. I think that's right. Um, he is. Is he? I think he's still currently on campus. He was visiting Monday. We're recording Tuesday. I think he's still being around. That's Spanish for sixteen, right? Seventeen. Quinceañera uh, is know, is fifteen. I know that. That's a big big birthday. Sestinera. I don't know. It's something like that. Anyway, I used to know Spanish. Um, hola. Bucknell, he averaged, where's his numbers? 15.8 points, 8.5 rebounds. That's pretty good. Shot 54% from the field and 38% from three. And a big number here, 81% from the free throw line. He was all Patriot League, second team, had 11 double-doubles. Um, this is, a, I mean, you know, consider the competition, but he also had a game where he had 32 points and made all 11 field goals and 9 of 10 free throws against Holy wow. Cross. Holy cow. Holy, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, to me, this is like a no-brainer. And, he, and like, he's not just like a, a wiry, like, looking stretch four. He looks like, I mean, he's a muscle-bound looking dude. Not quite uh, Reed Travis level, but he does have a tattoo on his bicep. I think that immediately adds, like, 25 pounds to your bench press. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this is like, get you don't let this dude leave campus. Six, eight, two, three. Six eight two four. Oh, sorry. Six nine two forty five. Um, on on his size, so he's bigger. He's an inch taller and a few pounds heavier than Reed Travis. That's a good sized young man. I would take that dude 
Sight unseen. I've seen uh, some of his film, too. He looks pretty good. I am curious how Calipari will navigate the waters because he's been on record kind of saying that he wants to... I, I, yeah. yeah, you're shaking your head. Yeah. That, that, who cares? I like, know. No, I take agree. Take the bullets. Like, t- like, he's going to get crushed for it, and who cares? Like, I Do you want to win, or are you going to take a couple, little flack? I agree, and I think he'll probably... The, the line will be if he comes to Kentucky... Uh, he was going to go somewhere. Why not here? That's what he'll he'll end up saying. Something along those lines. Cal will say, "What I th- I think we should do is ban this." <laughs> but if we're not going to ban it, I mean, I'm serious. I guarantee I you that will be his explanation. It will be we should not allow this. But if we're going to allow it, I'm going to take advantage of it. Assessina, I think that's how I'm reading this pronunciation right. Is a poem with six stanzas of six lines and a final triplet. All stanzas having the same six words as the line ends in six different sequences that follows a fixed pattern and with all six words appearing in the closing three line. I have no idea. <laughs> I googled the last name. So he's, so that's a kind of poem. I like it. Ooh. I could work with that. Can we write a uh, ses- my, my story when he commits to Kentucky is going to be, be a Sestina. I'm going to write it in, a, in poem form. Uh, you need to trademark that somehow. What's the figure that out? Verbal copyright. I don't know. Mark it down. Uh, yeah, I call it. I call dibs. If any dibs. of you do that, dibs. I'm coming for you. I'll just wait for all the other sites to aggregate it. It'll be, it'll be three lines. <laughs> 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 three lines and a screenshot of my six lines. <clears throat> um. Finally, PJ Washington was named third team All American by the AP. That makes him a unanimous All American. Because yep. all of the major All-America teams, I believe they all had him on the third team. Um, and, and in fact, in previous years, the way the NCAA does consensus and unanimous All-Americans, they only included the first two teams, even though all the major teams have a third team. But this year, I uh, was told they are recognizing the third teamers uh, as consensus. So, P.J. Washington... Consensus top fifth, basically consensus top fifteen player in college basketball, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's certainly right. Also of note on PJ Washington, we said in the last edition, he gone. John Calipari all but confirmed that on his coach's show on Monday night. Um, he didn't say exactly, but it was if you just you don't even have to really read between the lines, no. just listen to what he said, and that's not surprising. I mean, everyone assumed that was was going to happen. He also had some in, some some comments that he'd made in made in previous years or something similar about guys realizing they need to come back because it's a man's league and those kind of deals. Uh, other than that, we don't have any updates on decisions this short after the season. But we'll we'll keep you updated on all those things um, going forward. Yeah, PJ's dad has repeated his line to me several times over the last month where he said, when people were questioning the validity of his injury, he said, I've never lied to you. Just like I told you last year, if he was a guaranteed first rounder, he was gone. And if he wasn't, he'd come back. That was true. And it's still true. It's like, okay, well, that's like, we don't need, I think he's a guaranteed first rounder now that he's pushing uh, the lottery. In fact, I was going to look at the latest ESPN. We're going to, I want to get into that because we need to look at some numbers because I I feel like there's going to be a ton of shuffling and maybe we'll make like a slight game of it where we'll try to predict who gets picked where for these Kentucky guys. Because I think it's going to be pretty volatile, some positively, some negatively, once we get into those those situations. So that's all coming up. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll touch recruiting. we got a lot of stuff playing this offseason, interviews with different people we're working to get done. 
um, all kinds of things. So just because this, the basketball season's over doesn't mean you need to tune out because we got a lot of exciting stuff Kyle and I are cooking on. The Just real quick before we go, the latest mock draft from ESPN has, and I will cite the athletics when we update ours, uh, P.J. Washington, 13. Is he above Keldon? Uh, yes. Keldon mm-hmm. is 15, so he's just slid just out of the lottery and in I will, that projection and can and P.J. into the lottery. And I will throw this out there because if that holds or something similar to that, that will be the lowest a Kentucky player has been drafted nine. ever under Calipari. I looked that up today. Last year, Knox at 9 was the latest anybody had picked from Kentucky. You mean, you mean the, the lowest of the high? The lowest the, of the the, the of first the, the first, first pick the yeah. first Kentucky player at the lowest point, and so I mean not, last year was Knox at nine. I mean that's the other thing, and we'll probably dive into this as well. Uh, like roster construction, these kind of things. Kentucky hasn't had elite talent, elite elite talent, and well since that 2017 right. team that you talked about. And so when you say they oh they have the best, do, yeah, do they? I mean they, they don't like yeah. and and like the team that's had those has been Duke. has been Duke, and they've won less. Yeah, so we got all, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. So stay tuned in to Locked On Kentucky. Please rate, please review, please subscribe. Those all help. Uh, we see the comments. We really, really appreciate them. Um, we appreciate all the feedback, all the the fun, the nice tweets that Kyle and I have received about you guys enjoying the podcast. Um, so keep all those coming in. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. Read his work on The Athletic. You can find me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can hear me locally in Lexington on WLAP from 6 to 8 p.m. on Big Blue Insider and Sunday mornings 9 to noon on Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Plus, I post a ton of video interviews on BigBlueInsider.com. So check all that out. Thanks again to Skyline for sponsoring this edition of the show. And we will talk to you guys soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. How's that? Commercial about a lobster in a hot tub. (laughs) All right. You ready? Yeah.